Hello and welcome to the Read to Know podcast, where the goal is to actually remember what you read so then you can better apply it to your life. Of course, on this book, we usually, on this podcast, excuse me, on this podcast, we usually go through each book we read one chapter at a time uh, to actually practice and remember what we've read because if we don't remember and apply what we read, then it really wasn't worth reading to begin with. Um, I'm Zach Brown. Chris Yarber usually joins me, but he won't be joining me today. It's just me. And uh, today we're doing something a little different because we're in between books. Um, We will be starting a new book, uh, actually The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. We'll be doing that. I'll actually be joined by Logan Pilcher, a good friend of mine. Um, So I'm super excited to have him on and uh, join me for this uh, new book here in a couple weeks. Um, But until then, I figured I would keep the weekly upload schedule going at the very least. And uh, so in between then, I'm going to have a couple... uh, a couple bonus episodes, if you will, talking about uh, books still, but um, in a little different way. So for this episode, I want to talk about uh, my top five personal favorite books that I read in 2019. Not books that necessarily came out in 2019, but books that I read in 2019. Um, I thought about doing 2020, but uh, 2020 isn't over yet, so I still have time to add to that list. But uh, I figured I would do 2019, especially since if you follow me on Instagram, you know I posted uh, actually these this 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 book list um, on my Instagram at the end of the year. So I'm revisiting that list, and uh, that's what we'll be talking about today. I'm just going to go through each book, kind of talk about what I liked about it, uh, why it made this list for me, and uh, you know a couple of key things that they talk about and discuss, and uh, really break down things that I liked about the book. So if you want to add to this conversation, feel free to do so. You can reach out. Tell me what your favorite books are that you read either in 2019 or so far this year in 2020. Uh, feel free to reach out at Read to Know Pod on all social platforms, Read to Know Pod, um, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, all that stuff. Um, you could also email us, readtoknowpod at gmail.com, and uh, you can tell us your favorite books that you've read this year or last year. Uh, as well. All right, so let's go ahead and get into this list. Also, um, actually, a little side note here. If you're watching on YouTube, you see I got uh, my Read to Know mug. And then this also just came in uh, a couple days ago, but I got my Read to Know phone case. So that's looking pretty good. A very clean, very minimal design. Um, so I'm enjoying those two things. If you yourself want a Read to Know mug or a Read to Know phone case, you can do so. You can get one for yourself uh, at readtoknowpod.com forward slash support, readtoknowpod.com forward slash support. And there you can check out all the merch that we have available from coffee mugs to even bath mats. It's true. There are bath mats there. Um, I don't know why you would want a read to know bath mat, but the option is available. Um, so you can, uh, jump on that if you're so inclined. Uh, You could also join our Patreon. Um, We're working on creating some great tiers there on Patreon. Um, I'm just not exactly sure what I want yet as far as as far as those tiers go because I want it to be something valuable, something that is worthwhile to those who do subscribe. Um, So if you have any ideas uh, on that, uh, feel free to let me know. And uh, what, what would you want if you were a Patreon subscriber? Uh, you can let me know, but I'm trying to figure that out. Maybe it's a live stream. Maybe it's a monthly live stream or, you know, kind of group Zoom call even, um, something like that, you know, where we talk about the book we're either currently in the middle of or other books or something to that effect. Um, you know, I'm kind of mulling over some ideas for that. So if you have any ideas, feel free. Again, let me know. 
uh, readtoknowpod at gmail.com. You can email me there. You know, again, not to have two uh, side notes in a row here, but um, let me just say, doing a solo podcast, I already feel out of breath here, so we'll see how this the rest of this goes. Um, I already feel out of breath because I'm doing all of the talking. Um, so, man, the people who do this on a daily uh, basis, uh, hats off to you because I'm already feeling winded and I'm just sitting here talking. So uh, this should be interesting. But uh, nonetheless, let's go ahead and dive into this list. So the first book, again, these are in no particular order, but the first book here is The Divine Conspiracy by Dallas Willard. The subtitle is Rediscovering Our Hidden Life in God. And really what's interesting about this book specifically um, uh, if you know Dallas Willard, um, he's a great author, and I would highly suggest you check him out if you haven't uh, yet. But he he is definitely a very heavy writer. This is not an easy read. Um, this is some heavy reading. Um, you really have to focus. You can't just casually sit down and read this book. You really have to have your mind engaged and uh, be ready to really dial into what he's trying to say here. But has some great stuff in it. And this is one of those books for me. I got another one on this list that is kind of... Uh, uh, really had the same effect on me is that um, this book and another book really helped shape the way I view the scriptures in a in kind of a new way, in a way that I haven't yet before. And of course, you know, I'm I'm a pastor's kid. I've grown up in church my entire life, so I'm familiar with the gospel and I'm familiar with the story of Jesus. But Dallas Willard does a really great job of breaking. Uh, specifically the Sermon on the Mount in this book he talks about mostly. Um, he really breaks it down in a uh, very fantastic way, of a way that really um, uh, opens up my eyes to new things that I really, um, you know, didn't see before. Um, so really great book. You know, it basically just kind of sum up the ideas behind this book. We're invited into a life with God. You know, we're invited into a journey with Him, and that our lives, uh, you know, our salvation is not just uh, sin management. The gospel is not just the gospel of sin management, but there is more to it than that. You know, there is transformation and life, um, you know, uh, and transformation of character. Um, and without that, if, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, the way the Bible is taught, sometimes you're taught without that part, the transformation of life and character. Um, and without that, it, he's saying here that there's really not a redemptive message uh, there at all if you don't have transformation of life and character. And he talks about the Beatitudes. Specifically, he talks about, you know, he asked the question of who is really well off. And we kind of look at this in the wrong way. I think a lot of times it basically is what he's pointing out here, is that we can look at the Beatitudes that Jesus talked about on the Sermon on the Mount. Um, we could look at those as uh, things to strive for or things to try and achieve in order to be blessed, as Jesus says. But really, it's actually an invitation uh, and an acceptance letter to anyone looking for the kingdom, um, which is really powerful. You know, for example, he says those poor in spirit are called blessed by Jesus, not because they are in a meritorious condition, but because precisely in spite of and in the midst of their ever so deplorable condition, the rule of the heavens had moved redemptively upon and through them by the grace of Christ. You know, sometimes, by the way, even that maybe, uh, you know, the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount uh, is taught, um, you can kind of uh, subliminally get this message that it's something we're supposed to strive for, being poor in heart or being poor in spirit, um, you know, uh, pure in heart, all those things. But, you know, he's saying that he's opening the door, basically. He's saying, if you are here, 
then you are blessed. You know, it's opening the door really to anyone. Anyone has access uh, to God's kingdom if we are so willing and we uh, and we're seeking it. He he leaves the door open for all of us, and that's basically what he breaks down here when he's talking about the beatitudes and when he's talking about the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. So really great stuff. Uh, I highly recommend it if you're interested in that kind of book. Uh, moving on here to uh, the next book on the list is Irresistible by Andy Stanley. And this is another great book um, as well. Another one of those that really uh, kind of opened my eyes to looking at the scriptures in a new way, in a way that I haven't uh, before. He makes some really great points in here. And, you know, of course, I could not break it down fully in this uh, one podcast. But uh, if you're interested, again, I would highly, highly recommend reading this book when you get the chance because Andy Stanley basically breaks down this idea of, you know, how we look at the scriptures, basically looking at the Old Testament versus the New Testament, the Old Covenant versus the New Covenant. And sometimes we mix and match these now in our modern day, uh, you know, you know, in our modern day church settings, we mix and match the Old and the New Covenants when uh, we need to realize that it's important to uh, have those fully separated and understanding their places individually. Um, he gives a, you know a great example of this. Um, he's talking about the Old Testament and how um, it's actually old as in obsolete is what Old Testament even means. And he's talking about this isn't old as in ancient. We don't refer to the U.S. Constitution as the old Constitution. Why? Because it's still in force. If we ratified a new constitution, we would immediately, as in the next day, refer to the original constitution as the old constitution. Not because it suddenly got older, but because we were no longer using it. Uh, remember when you got your current cell phone, here's another example. The moment you took possession of your new cell phone, how did you begin referring to the one that you walked into the store with? The one you kept by your bedside the night before? The one you showed off to your friends when you first got it, as soon as you took possession of your new phone, the old phone immediately became your old phone. Not because it suddenly got older, but because you were replacing it with something newer, something better. And I bet you didn't carry around both phones with you. Why? Because you're not the blended phone type. With that analogy, he's saying that the, sometimes the modern day church actually blends the old covenant and the new covenant together. You, you, you pick and choose from the old what you want to bring into the new when Really, he goes in really deep with this, but Jesus came to uh, fulfill and then abolish the law. So now um, none of that is uh, directly applicable to us um, because we're actually called to something bigger and greater. We actually have a higher standard now under the new covenant that Jesus laid out for us. And, you know, he talks about that on the Sermon on the Mount, you know, going back to the other book on the Sermon on the Mount, you know, if you hate your brother, uh, you know, that's that's just as bad as uh, murder in the eyes of God. You know, we are called to a bigger and better standard than even the law itself. Um, and, uh, you know, he has some very interesting ideas on how to then approach the scriptures correctly in here and kind of um, ways to talk about the Bible because the Bible is not the end-all, be-all, as he uh, points out at some point in this book. You know, the early disciples of Jesus, they weren't hooked on, they weren't, their their faith and their faith didn't, uh, wasn't tied down to a set of books or a one particular book. It was, their faith was based around an event, the event, the, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And this is why the book is called Irresistible, because when we put too much emphasis on the Bible, 
it's actually less appealing to those on the outside in, you know, outside of the church world. We don't blindly follow a document. We don't blindly follow the Bible, but we actually put our faith and trust in Jesus. And that's where our hope and faith comes from, not from a physical book. And it's a, an important, it's a, it's a small distinction, but it's an important distinction to make. Um, so really interesting stuff. Again, if you're interested in that, I would highly, highly recommend checking this book out and reading it. All right, so moving into the third book I have here on this list, and that is The 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. Um, again, another one of those kind of deep, heavy reading books. This is, again, not quite an easy read, but it's a very interesting one. He's you know not very Christian-oriented, uh, uh, but um, very philosophical. And when we talk about The 12 Rules for Life, basically... The goal is, you know, he has this kind of list of things to do that can help us actually become more disciplined, behave better, act with integrity, and balance our lives while enjoying them as much as we can. And, you know, a quote from the book here, a quote from Jordan Peterson, he says, it's all very well to think the meaning of life is happiness. What happens when you're unhappy? Happiness is a great side effect. When it comes, accept it gratefully. Uh, But this is fleeting and unpredictable. So, you know, really interesting stuff. And he talks about this, again, a lot more in depth. He kind of teases out those ideas throughout this book is that, you know, not, not, all, not all life is, is, you know, roses and daisies. Uh, sometimes there are tough and hard days. And it's kind of like, you know, uh, enjoy the good. But when the days are tough, uh, you know, don't be afraid to confront it, you know, confront it head on, or at least uh, don't cower away from it, you know, be able to kind of, in a sense, take it like a man, you know, uh, and that's kind of what he talks about throughout this entire book. So, but there are a couple few key takeaways here, and I'm, because I don't have the book in front of me, I'm using uh, the internet to help me out a little bit, but uh, one of the lessons here, or kind of one of the ideas that he talks about, before you judge the world, take responsibility for your own life. That's a big thing that plays out through this book. You know, uh, no matter what and how unfair life gets, you, you should never blame the world. And there's always someone who suffered worse than you. Um, and uh, that's a huge thing to grasp. And I think we can all be a lot happier if we learn to live that way. Lesson two, care for yourself like you would care for a loved one. This is an interesting idea, one that I really hadn't thought about before reading this book. But he talks about, you know, treating yourself like you would treat a loved one, almost bargaining for yourself on behalf of yourself or to yourself, uh, you know, like, like you would a friend, you're like, Hey, okay. Uh, you know, you should do this. What if you did this, I'll help you out. Like this idea of I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. And that's kind of what he's getting at here, but doing that with yourself, you know, um, cause I think we put, sometimes we put too many, uh, high expectations on ourselves. That's what he's talking about here. And, and then we beat ourselves up if we don't meet those high expectations. And just like you would for a friend, you wouldn't expect, you'd, you know, most of the time, I think most of us, we don't put super, super unrealistic expectations on other people like we can sometimes do ourselves, especially Enneagram ones like myself. Uh, I probably have the tendency to do this. So being able to, so being able to bargain with yourself can be, um, you know, a very uh, useful and beneficial way to kind of deal with yourself in a sense. Uh, care for yourself like you would care for a loved one. Do what is best for you, even though it might not always make you happy. Lesson three here, seek meaning through sacrifice, not happiness through pleasure. This kind of thought or anecdote obviously is, is, is uh, you know, a very old, you know, it's not a new idea by any uh, means. But 
you know, he says, choose meaning by making sacrifice rather than temporary happiness by choosing pleasure. And, you know, that's an easier said than done type of thing, but being able to do that is uh, hugely beneficial. You know, and he goes from, he, he, he bounces around a lot in this book, but in a, in a good way. You know, he talks about even uh, dominance hierarchies and pecking orders, uh, parenting even a little bit. And uh, even the last, one of the last rules is why you should pet all cats you see on the sidewalk. So very interesting book. Again, one that I would recommend uh, checking out if you haven't already. Uh, 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. All right, the next book on this list is Everybody Always by Guess Who? Bob Goff. Of course, we just finished Dream Big by Bob Goff, and uh, this is another book of his, his second book, and uh, I read that last year. I think he released it last year even, Um, but it was a great book. Uh, I like that one a lot, as well as Love Does, great books. Um, You know, he just, as you know, from if you followed along with us uh, during Dream Big, um, he has just some of the most interesting stories out there. I mean, the guy is absolutely crazy in a good way. Um, you know, the, the stories and things that he says in this book, you know, they're, they're, they're both, um, inspiring, but then also convicting at the same time, because you, you think, man, wow, that's so awesome. And I, you know, I feel so inspired or, uh, I, I, you know, I feel like I have new ideas on how to live life better. But then at the same time, you're like, this guy's so crazy that like, I mean, like, how am I, like, I am not doing anything. I am not nearly as good of a person as this guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the kind of thing that you think of, I think, sometimes when you read his stuff, because he is just so radical in the way he loves people. But it's such a great thing. It's such a great thing to read, and it's such a great thing to kind of, like, take in and be like, okay, you know, how can I how can I start living in this kind of way more, you know, on a daily basis. And that's kind of the biggest idea and, you know, thoughts that I took away from reading uh, this book. Again, if you enjoyed Dream Big and you haven't read any of Bob's other books, I would highly recommend this one as well. Everybody Always, a great book. And the last one on this list, kind of a different book than the rest, uh, but this is I Will Teach You to Be Rich by uh, Ramit Sethi. And, it, you know, it sounds cheesy, trust me, I know, it sounds like a cheesy title, but um, he really has some great stuff in here. And it's a really interesting contrast between uh, Ramit here and, you know, other uh, financial gurus that you read a lot about, you know, Dave Ramsey type uh, people, because the reason why Ramit is so interesting is because he kind of approaches finance in a different way than most people do in, you know, in the world of finance uh, and finance self-help books. Um, and his big thing, he's, he's, he's into, you know, psychology and kind of tricking your brain to work for you instead of against you, as I think at times our brain usually does work against us if we're not careful. You know, he basically, the idea of this book is to help you save money on autopilot while allowing yourself to spend guilt free on things you enjoy. And that's his kind of philosophy is that, uh, you know, things that you don't care about, don't spend money on. And then things that you actually do love spend more money on and and put more money into those things if it makes you happier which is just so practical but i think things that no one talks about people talk about pinching pennies and and saving everywhere you can when rami just is saying you know if you if you love something go ahead and spend more money on it but then cut relentlessly on the things that you don't and uh such an interesting idea um that i think we don't talk about or hear uh, often nowadays but the great thing about this 
book as well is that it's it's literally a um, step-by-step plan and he lays it out for you pretty simply uh, just going through these steps from um, credit cards to bank accounts to uh, investing uh, all of those things and um, really lays out a plan to kind of automate saving automate investing automate paying off the credit card and uh, you know really helpful really um, great tool uh, to read to, 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 to read and then to go through and and work out and uh, and kind of help and also you know help mindset shift uh, yourself on money you know how you think and look about money so really great book you know a different kind of finance book than uh, most of the others that you see out there but um, one that I really enjoyed nonetheless anyway that about does it for me those are the top five books that I read in 2019 again if you want to join the conversation I'd love to hear uh, what your top five books are either of 2019 or 2020 um, either way uh, looking forward to hearing from you um, hope that you guys uh, enjoyed this one. It's a little different, and uh, this was kind of a fun change of pace, talking about you know top five books, like a book list kind of thing. You really, though, with with these books, you, you can't get too deep into each of them like we have been on the the week to week podcast. Um, but that's the beauty of what we're doing, going week by week into books, and we can really dive deep into them. Um, you know, this one I wanted to talk about each book longer than I did, just because I feel like there's so much that's still there to talk about. But uh, this is not that kind of uh, podcast episode. But anyway, um, I'm looking forward to, you know, uh, there's going to be another episode uh, next week before we start the new book. And then the week after is when we start The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. So I'm looking forward to that with Logan Pilcher joining me. Uh, really excited to have him on and really break down this book um, in depth. Uh, you know, thanks guys for listening. Appreciate it uh, as always. And we'll see you next week for another episode of the Read to Know podcast.